Amen. Appreciate a person that sings from their heart, not just a book. Amen. Somebody said that Wednesday night that I didn't preach a sermon, I preached a message from my heart. It was a broken heart at that time. And uh, thank the Lord for His grace and His strength. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 3. I'm excited about the two messages God's laid on my heart for this morning and tonight. I'll not preach both of them. Uh, tonight I'll be preaching on what it means to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. What it means to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. There's a difference in blaspheming Jesus and blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And um, I'll be preaching on that tonight. Uh, it also shows you the opposition of religion against service. You know, we're not a religious organization around here. We're a church, and a church ought to serve the living God, but there's going to be oppositions. And that's what we'll get into in verse 22 through the end of the chapter uh, tonight. So I'm just, I just preach continually in the book of Mark, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Ecclesiastes on Wednesday, and don't miss the study of Ecclesiastes. Now we'll be meeting on Tuesday this week, no Wednesday night service. And that's so you can get out of town, so you can cook or whatever. We always change the midweek uh, service to Tuesday night. And uh, I remember um, uh, one particular Tuesday night, uh, Thanksgiving service was such a blessing. I believe that uh, that night Sue Bennett got saved. Sue Bennett got saved on a Tuesday night. I'll never forget that. What a blessing that was. And um, no matter of fact, I, it was uh, the Tuesday before uh, the Thursday night visitation. Uh, we went into her house and she got saved in her home. And also Connie and I led a lady named Tammy uh, to the Lord on a Tuesday night. So a lot of things can happen on Tuesday night. You know, uh, how many can testify that your kids will grow up quick? Say amen. I mean, they grow up quick. And, you know, some uh, ladies get a bad rap of being a backseat driver, but I heard the story of a little boy that was a backseat driver. Uh, a, a man turned uh, in a hurry taking an eight-year-old uh, son to school, and he made a U-turn uh, at a red light where, he, where it was prohibited. I think it's prohibited every red light to make a U-turn, but anyway, and he said, uh-oh, I just made an illegal turn, the man said, and the little boy in the back seat said, ah, oh, dad, it's okay, the son said, the police car right behind us did the same thing, amen, <laughs> so anyway, that's what you need, amen, good back seat driver, amen, all right, Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, a little laughter doesn't hurt a thing, praise God, amen, and let's stand all the word of God, I'm going to read verses 6 through 21, it's only a few verses. Good crowd tonight on a holiday weekend, amen. A lot of people go out of town the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I'm glad you stayed in town, amen. And the Pharisees went forth, verse 6, chapter 3, straightway and took counsel with the Herodians. Got the politicians involved. God help us, amen, uh, against him, how they might destroy him. And so they didn't even like each other, but they got together to dislike Jesus. And Jesus withdrew himself with, uh, with the disciples to the sea, a great multitude from Ga Galilee followed him and from Judea. And from Jerusalem and through Idumea and from beyond Jordan, they uh, about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard that what great things he did came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throne him. And he had healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. 
And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him. Notice this. And cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. Even the devils know he's the Son of God. And straightly charged them that they should not make him known. And then setting that as a context of our text, he goes into the mountain. And Luke said he prayed all night. Verse 13. And called unto him to whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power uh, to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. Notice preaching before all that. And Simon, he, uh, he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, and the surname Burgenus, which is the sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into the house. And the multitude cometh together again, so that they should not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. And so you may be seated as I, as I pray. Father, thank you for this special day. Thank you for blessing these couples with these precious babies. And God, we do pray that they'll be brought up as servants and be discipled and be disciples for you. And God, we know that you have ordained them and called them to be saved, first of all, and then to be servants of the living God. And what a great life that is. And so, Lord, help us this morning as we see the calling of the twelve. God, help it to be personal. That God, you've called us. And you've ordained us to bear forth fruit, and fruit for your glory, and fruit that would uh, uh, last, and God, fruit that would just bring eternal dividends to family after family as people get saved. So Lord, bless this message, and thank you for everyone that's here this morning, especially our visitors. In Jesus' name, amen. Four times in the scripture, there's a list of the original disciples uh, is given. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 2 through 4. Luke 6, 14 through 16, and then Acts chapter 1, verse 13. It also records the name of these disciples. Now in the Acts text, of course, you'll not see Judas Iscariot because he'd already committed suicide. He betrayed the Lord. He was the son of perdition. He never was saved. He didn't lose it. He never got it. Amen. He was there uh, as a betrayer. And folks, we see, first of all, the importance of being called. I believe that every Christian's called. He, uh, called to do what? Serve the living God after you're saved. I don't believe God called you to fill a pew. Uh, I feel more of a pew today than I did 40 years ago. Amen. Uh, and I, I, got to, I got to find a diet somewhere. But anyway, um, you know, we all feel more of the pew. But I want to tell you something. God didn't call us just to occupy till He come. God called us to take new ground and to reach souls and and, and, and see people saved. That's what counts, amen? It's people going to heaven instead of hell. But I want you to look at Revelation chapter 21 and verse 14 if you want to see the importance of the disciples. Revelation 21, and I want you to look at verse 14 real quick. The Bible says, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Folks, I mean, uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, the men who laid the first foundation of the church was so important, uh, the, the Lord wanted them to be remembered. 
And folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, Jesus prayed all night. So when he prayed all night, he didn't make a mistake. And you won't make a mistake if you'll pray all night before you make decisions. Amen. And he called 12 uh, disciples. One of them was uh, the son of perdition. He was uh, Judas. But I want to tell you something, friend. The Bible says in Revelation 21.4, this is a parabolic way of saying the whole fabric of the church uh, bears the name and the impression and the stamp of approval of these men that God chose as disciples. So folks, it's important. It's important that you heed to the call of God. God's call is not fickle, say amen. It's not based on your personality or your abilities. It's based on your potential in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you something, folks. You ought to get excited about doing something for God. I've never seen a person on their deathbed say, I'm so glad I lived a useless life. I've never heard that. But I've heard many people say, I'm glad I got to serve God. I'm glad I got to teach a Sunday school class. I'm glad I got to run a bus route. All you bus people say amen right there. I'm glad that I got to uh, deke or usher or whatever in the house of God. I'm glad I had to be, uh, got the privilege of teaching little children on Wednesday night the gospel for the first time. Folks, listen, we see it very clearly that there was a great need for these men. And there's a great need for people to volunteer. All you Tennessee fans say amen. Uh, uh, to volunteer, amen. To be volunteers. Uh, you know, folks, you shouldn't have to be drafted in the army of God. As I preached last Sunday night, and I've got that poem for several of you that need a copy of it. Um, you're not, you're not to be bribed or, or pampered or, or begged to serve God. You ought to want to serve God. I'm not talking about just sit for God and sit, si- sit and, and sour and soak and just stand there gazing, but I mean go for God. I mean do something for God. Realize you're an ambassador and you're, you're to represent God, but you are called to be a servant of the living God. Amen. That, 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 that's better than being a first-string quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, amen? I mean, that's better than being uh, 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 the President of the United States. Let me put one that's real touchy. That's better than being the Governor of Georgia. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something, friend. God's called you for a high and holy calling, and that's to represent God. That, hey, folks, you don't have to vote or recount it or anything else. You represent God because God has called you to be His disciple. Amen. God's called you to be a soul winner. God's called you to be sold out, uh, selfless, and sac- a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And it's a high calling. It's a holy calling. It's a heavenly calling. But it is a privilege. A privilege. Thank God it's a privilege. I woke up this morning. That was a privilege. And uh, the youth wore me out so much and went to bed at 9 o'clock. Never, my wife said, you are sick. I said, no, I'm tired. I'm just tired of watching them work. Amen. But anyway, because uh, I, I, I did a little follow-up after they left because I had the tools. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm just glad I got up this morning and, could, and wanted to come to this place. I didn't have to come to this place. And I wasn't coming as a hireling because y'all pay me. And I wasn't coming just because it's my duty. It's my delight. I'd rather do this than anything I know besides eat. But I'll eat for the glory of God too. Say amen. <laughs> amen. Praise God. Nobody's going to beg me to come to the senior citizen banquet. I'll be here with my fork and spoon and napkin around my neck. Amen. The rulers had an attitude. 
verse 6. They got the politicians with the Jews to get against him. And so, folks, he needed some help because he knew that when the Herodians, verse 6, started coming after him, Calvary was closed. They're going to crucify him. They're going to put him to death. Three days later, up from the grave, he'll rise. But I want to tell you something, friend. His ministry did not finish when he said it is finished. Praise God, he extended it to you and I. And folks, he reached you through the original disciples. That's why their name is on the walls of heaven. Amen. That's better than being in the Hall of Fame of uh, Georgia football players or whatever. Praise God. We get all wrapped up in that. The Lord knew the cross was getting close. Death was going to be his lot. His work would need to continue. So he prays all night and says, i got to call some men that can take the gospel to a lost and dying world. The work had to expand it past Palestine. Folks, the call was to reach the whole world and even reach it more effectively. Look at John 14, 12, a very misunderstood verse. John 14, 12. Look at it, please. Y'all with me on this message? Amen. I need some help this morning, I'm telling you. John 12, 14, 12. I like verse 1 where it describes heaven. And death as being received of the Lord. He says, I'll receive you unto myself. You know, I go knock on doors. I love it when people say, come on in. Here's some pound cake. Here's some iced tea. No, I don't, I don't, I don't go for that. Amen. And just come on in, preacher. Looking forward to talking to you. That's great. But I'll tell you what, it's bad when you go knock on a door and somebody slams a door in your face. Well, I want to tell you something. Being received is an honor. And being received is a privilege. And one day you're going to be received by the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is death. Amen? Being received unto yourself. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. And I go to prepare a place for you. I'll come again and receive you unto self, that where I am, there you may be also. I'll receive you unto myself. I got caught up on that Wednesday night. The description of death is to be received. But I want to tell you another thing. To be received as a faithful servant is another thing. There's going to be some people standing in ashes in heaven. They're going to have nothing to offer God. Revelation chapter 4. No crowns to cast at his feet because they live for their self. They live for their sensual pleasure. They live to get by with what they could do. They did not live for the love of God and the glory of God. That's the only thing that's going to shine in your crown. And folks, what's so beautiful about that crown is you're not going to strut around and say, I got more crowns than you got. Remember when I was a little boy, my mother took me to Sunday school. My daddy was uh, hung over, and she took him to Sunday school. And boy, if she, he didn't go to Sunday school, and I didn't go to Sunday school, and Diane didn't go to Sunday school, we didn't eat. We, didn't, we really didn't live because we were going to go to church. And I'm glad my mother was like that. Because it paid off in the long run, say amen. And I want to tell you why, because I got saved when I was 11 and a half years old. And then my daddy got saved while I was preaching. He was 63 years old, an alcoholic all his life, since World War II, maybe 20 years of his life. He got saved. So I want to tell you something, mama staying in church paid off. Mama not getting bitter and leaving, and walking out the door paid off. And I want to tell you something, it'll pay to serve God. It pays great dividends of eternal values like peace, love, joy, purpose. God's called you to be a disciple. Not just the names of these 12 people. 
God's called you. Now look at verse 12. I just felt like I need to read verses 1 through 3 this morning. God told me to read it, so I read it. It has nothing to do with the sermon. It has everything to do with what God wants read. Amen? But look at verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now what in the world does that mean? We can do greater works than Jesus? No, we can just do more of it. See, Jesus was one place at one time. But praise God, when he fills you with the Spirit of God and overflows you to serve, wherever you go, Jesus goes. Hey, folks, the Word of God can be spread around the world through you and through, through, through myself and through every little boy that grows up, gets saved, and becomes a great servant. Every little girl grows up and becomes a great ser uh, servant. Folks, the Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know what he was saying? My plan is this. I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to rise. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to send that Holy Ghost not to abide in buildings, not to abide in some facades, not to abide in some statues, but I'm going to have them to abide in you. And not just to abide in you, but to bring forth fruit that will remain for his glory. Folks, you're privileged to be a branch. He's the vine. Praise the Lord, you can yield to him and he will get the glory because, folks, Jesus Christ wants to work in and through your life. What a privilege. Don't you think you're gracing God because you're coming here singing in the choir, playing an instrument, preaching or deacon, teaching? Folks, God's graced you and blessed you with the privilege to do it. Say amen. Oh, folks, listen, it's a privilege to serve God. That was my introduction. I hope you enjoyed it. We ought, to, we ought to be excited about this. Jesus called the 12 to share with him the work of preaching the gospel. Now, let me tell you a little bit about these men. They were ordinary men. Just ordinary men. I remember the, there used to be a big old, big old lady, a tall lady. I wish I didn't remember her name. And she didn't sing, she'd sing one song. She'd sing one song. I can't. Remember her name. I'll have to ask my wife when I get home. She knows, she don't ever forget her name. But she got up and she sang this song. I'll never forget it. God uses ordinary people. I said, praise the Lord, ordinary people. That means I can be used to God. And folks, what a privilege. The names of the people, the 12 men were comprised of 12 disciples of Christ, were Peter and Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, the son of Alphea, Thaddeus, um, uh, uh, Judas, uh, James, listen, listen, uh, Simon. Uh, there's, a, there's in this directory. Uh, the, there's some. It's interesting. Uh, first two names, Peter and Simon. Uh, uh, other scriptures indicate that Matthew, Levi, and Thomas, Didymus had other names too. And then second, that some two of them had same names. Several in the list of disciples had the same name, Simon was the name of both Peter and Simon of the Canaanites. James, the son of Zebedee, and James, the son of Alphaeus. So they had James number one, James number two, Simon one, Simon two, amen. Just, just ordinary people. Uh, third of uh, uh, strange thing about this, the 12 disciples included two sets of brothers. Can you imagine that? Here's the 12 disciples, and here's two that are brothers and two that are brothers, Peter and Andrew. Uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And then, uh, folks, uh, there were some surnames mentioned in that. 
James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James. Uh, the surname was Borneus, which means the son of thunder. It could reflect his personality. I know Peter had a thunderous personality. Matter of fact, he was, he was like I was when I first got in the ministry. He put his foot in his mouth so much. I wore white shoes and a light blue suit when I was a youth pastor because and, and until they said I looked like, I had a lot of hair, they said I looked like Pat Boone, so I gave up both of them. But the reason I wore white shoes is I kept putting my foot in my mouth. I didn't want the polish to show. Say amen. Have you ever been like that? See, I want to tell you something. God can use just ordinary people, and sometimes he can use people that are not too educated and not too primed and pro proper and just trying to do their best, and God will refine them as you go. Amen. So stop waiting to get qualified and just yield your life as available to God and let God use you. Folks, he called 12 and then later he called 70. Why 12? God has a reason for all 12. Folks, maybe it was a subtle suggestion that the Jews uh, had a new theocracy. You know, there was 12 tribes, now he's going to have 12 men. And a new and nobler theocracy would replace the old one. And folks, what he was saying is, I'm the Messiah. You don't need to be in some tribes. You just need to be a servant. You just need to be a servant of the living God. Because I am He. Now let me show you the work real quick of these. Of these. I want you to look in um, these verses where it says, He called, He ordained twelve and they should be with Him. Look at verse 14, chapter 3. I'll try to close. Don't pack up. I close and close and close. I love to close. It says, And he ordained twelve that they should be with him. The first calling is to be with him. You get this straight. With him. I want to tell you something. You'll never be a good witness until you're a good worshiper. You'll never be a good worker until you're a good worshiper. Because what you'll do is you'll be witnessing and working on empty. Because you haven't been with Jesus. God called these disciples. Now listen to me. To be with him. To be with him. But you know what that tells me? He desires fellowship and companionship. And folks, I want to tell you something. Something's wrong with people that don't like to go to church. I'll just be, I, I'm not being detrimental. I'm just saying, folks, there's something within you called the Holy Ghost that makes you want to be with God's people. I didn't say watch on TV, Brother Cody, all the time. And some of them can't get there here. And thank God for you tuning in. I appreciate you tuning in. But I want to tell you something. There's something about the spirit of the living God in other people. Like that song just sung. That touched my heart. Seeing these little babies jump out of their mama's arms and wrestle their daddy. Praise God for the Lord Jesus Christ. That touched my heart. Folks, you can't get that on TV. You just can't do it. But I want to say this. I want to say it straight. Folks, when God calls you, He calls you to be with Him. He, before He or witnesses, you're with Him. He desires the fellowship. And I want to tell you another thing. He desires the fellowship during times of trial. He was going to the cross. And folks, there wasn't many people cheering Him. And there wasn't many people accompanying just a few ladies and one man named John. And folks, I want to tell you something. It had to be great, a great blessing to know that some went all the way to the cross with him. And folks, through our trials, there's nothing like the local church. 
One day you won't call the mooses or the geeses or the masons for your help when it comes to tragedy. But you ought to call on God's people to be with you and pray with you and help you and be concerned with you and hurt with you. See, the Lord desired fellowship. Some of y'all have a hard time with this fellowship. Y'all are loners in the house of God. I can't even get you to speak to me. And I speak to everybody. But I want to tell you something, that's not God's plan. And that's not God's personality. God's plan is for you to be with Him, but with us and with each other. In the time of need, you'll need a Savior. But in the time of need, you'll need someone that knows the Savior. If you don't believe it, sit in a funeral home sometime. Feel the loneliness and the heartache and then someone comes in called your Sunday school teacher or your deacon or your pastor and puts their arm around you and says, I don't know what to say, but I'm just here because I love you. And he brought some chicken to you, praise God. No, amen. Hey, we need God, but we need each other. We need the local church. Because the local church is not a building or a big old high steeple with few people. The local church is people that are filled with the Spirit of God and called to serve. It's just a bunch of servants. We're in boot camp. We're being trained. And folks, I want to tell you something. We're a family. And families are honored together. God's people sometimes hurt together. But we're together. According to the politicians, we might hang together. But thank God we'll, we'll do it together. Say amen. I'm not getting in line for that last one. But I want to tell you this, friend. God's called us to be with him. And then what else does it say? That's where a lot of fellowship stops. That he might send them. You're with him, but you're sent by him. What? Fourth, to preach. To preach. The word preach means Herald it, tell it, go out into the world and further the gospel. And folks, the witnessing is not always easy because the Greek word for witnessing means martyr. Like Charles Wesco in two weeks being on the field in Cameroon was killed. I count him as a martyr. He was there for the Lord. He wasn't there to shop. He wasn't there for politics. He went there with his eight children last Tuesday Shot through the head two, two weeks ago, and then last Monday, a three-hour uh, beautiful celebration of his life. And every one of the preachers got up and said, I believe God's going to call thousands of people to the mission field through his two weeks of service. Two weeks of service. See, God's got the plan. God's got a reason. But folks, the plan is he's called you to be witnesses. So, folks, good fellowship, that's great. But God didn't just call us to fellowship and fellowship and fellowship. God called us to fellowship and then further the gospel. He's called us unto himself that he might send us. The, man call, the men called, they were not one of them wealthy. Matthew might have been close. He was a tax collector. He could have been wealthy. But he was surely despised. None of them had rank. 
No, none of them had, there was a lowly fisherman. Um, even a tax collector that was despised. And spiritually speaking, they were among the weak. And they were among the base things. I want to read a verse in closing. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. I appreciate the Lord helping me deliver this message. 44 years of preaching, sometimes you feel confident and sometimes you feel nervous. This morning is a nervous feeling, but I don't go by feeling. I try to preach by faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to, what? Confine, confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Now look at verse 29. For no flesh should glory in his presence. Why did he call lowly fishermen? Maybe because they were good workers. Maybe because they stayed on the pond or the lake or the sea until they caught something. Maybe they were just humble. Humble people reach people. Because, you know, humble people approach people as people and not things or projects or numbers or something to build a kingdom. Humble people, God uses. The power of God working through them. And that group turned the world upside down. So the power of God is manifested. The Holy Spirit is evident. And folks, we need to realize that God wants to use you. Martin Luther, not King, Martin Luther, the son of a poor miner, poverty stricken, started a great reformation in Europe and half of Europe was set free by the grace of God because of this one poor, poor miner's son got a hold of what grace was all about and he became a reformer he brought light to a dark age just a son of a miner a poor son D.L. Moody third grade education he got an idea that he, he was going to give some candy to some kids and he got a pony and he got a pony and started going down the streets of Chicago and folks, that third grade educated preacher shook this world and half of England. And folks, I want to tell you something. God sent a fire to destroy almost all of Chicago. And that night he didn't give an invitation. And he said, their souls on my hands. He said, I'll never preach again unless I give an invitation. That's why I always give invitations through his example, but also through the Christ example. Little as much when God is in it. And folks, God will get the glory no flesh profit of the thing if we'll just yield to him. And when he calls, surrender. It's, it's hard work. Look at verse 20. It says, And the multitude cometh together, and that they could not so much as eat bread. They didn't even have time to eat. And I'll tell you what, friend, that's working. When you stop, when you work so hard you can't eat, or you don't have time to eat. Say amen right there. None of us has got there yet, but we're trying. Amen. It was misunderstood work in verse 20. 
The Bible says, And the multitude come together, and so they could not so much as eat bread. But it says, And when his friends, and that inclines his family, heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. You know what that's saying? I believe our son, I believe our friend, we're going to go down there and rescue him, because he's done flipped out. He's crazy. <clears throat> he's lost it. He's beside himself. And so, friend, if you're getting in this thing for popularity, you're in it for the wrong reason. If you're in it to get understood and get your name written up in the highlights of the daily citizen, which they'll misspell, go ahead and do it. But folks, the reason you ought to do it because there's real people that are boys and girls and men and ladies that are dying and going to hell. And if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. Whether people believe it or not, it doesn't make it one degree cooler in hell it's still hell Jesus preached on it 13 times and the Bible mentions it 87 times so if you believe the Bible you must believe there is a place called hell and folks men and ladies and boys and girls are going to hell without Jesus and they need somebody to take the gospel they need somebody to hear the call the Macedonia call the missionary call the soul winning call and it's hard work. You want to have time to eat sometimes. It's misunderstood work. And then it's a work opposed by the devil. And I'll preach on that tonight. These scribes said that the devil was doing these miracles. And he said he blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I'll preach on that tonight. They're a serious charge. Folks, I want to tell you something. I've never heard anybody on their deathbed say, I thank God that I lived a useless life. But I've seen a lot of saints over my time. Over the years, I've got a file called funeral files in there. And I don't know how many I've, uh, hundreds and hundreds in 44 years, 40 years in this, in this county. Hundreds, maybe, maybe a thousand. Of funerals that I preached. And I want to tell you something, friend. When a servant of God has been faithful, there's almost a smile upon his face saying, no regrets. No regrets. God's calling you. God's calling you unto himself. God's calling you for the furtherance of the gospel. And God's calling you to be faithful to his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the call of God. I believe I've been called, and I'm so grateful for the calling of God that's without repentance. You don't change your mind. But God, help us to be faithful. Help us first to realize it's a calling unto yourself. Lord, it's a privilege to read your word and pray. It's a privilege to hear songs like we sung this morning, the beautiful choir song, such, such a powerful message, such a powerful song, such an act of worship. God, the, the word of God that we can just... Take up a verse where we left off and preach it on tonight. What a privilege to be in the house of God. I'd rather be here than any place or any, do anything in the world. And that's to worship you with your people. But God, you're not just called us to fellowship and to worship. God, you've called us to be a witness. And Lord, it's so important that Revelation 21.14 says, if you, you put the foundational apostles in the wall of heaven 
Lord, we're building a foundation for these little children we dedicated today. We're building a foundation for the next generation. And God, help us to build it upon yielded lives, dedicated servanthood, yielded to your spirit as servants, not some big shot leaders. God, thank you that the only way we can lead is to follow. And that's to follow you. So God, as you call, I pray to God that we would not say no, we're too busy. No, it's too hard. But we'd say, yes, Lord, you saved me. And it's my reasonable service that I present my body holy, acceptable, yielded unto thee as a sacrifice unto thee. God help us. God help us to hear the call.